What's going on, guys? Welcome to Talking to the Fat Dad podcast. Uh, this week, something that is an important subject to me is music, baby. So, let's kick things off properly. I'm a metalhead. Is what it is. People don't like it, people do like it. I don't so much like it, it's more love it. However, that being said, I think younger people now tend to say this is my genre of music and that's it they stick to it that's what they go into um that doesn't really apply to me i listen i do listen to all sorts quite often think if i, if I lost, lost my phone and someone found it and clicked on my spotify they probably think what kind of a person's this there's everything on here so i think it depends on mood you know I'm at work, sort of sometimes just hit shuffle and see what it gives me. And, uh, you know, I've had playlists that have come up that have gone from, for instance, Catatonia by Suffocation into Bill Withers. You know, you can get a really good uh, shuffle. And the reason I think music's important, first of all, you ever meet one of those people and you go, oh, sort of, what sort of music are you into then? And they go, Oh, I don't know, yeah, I'm not really bothered. Music's not really my, my thing. Never trust that person. Never trust that person, because they could be a serial killer. If you're not into music, and you're not bothered, I think there's some, something about that that's untrustworthy. I think that's a bit, bit of a ropey sort of person to stay away from. So, to me, I think... When I was growing up, my mum and my dad had pretty varied tastes. Um, my dad was more David Bowie, T-Rex, bit of the Sex Pistols, Roy Orbison. You know, he liked a lot of the sort of 60s stuff as well. Whereas my mum was more into, well... Stuff that was kind of modern at the time. She liked the oldies as well. Um, and that might sound odd to some. But my lad said to me the other day. Oh, I remember that song. What is it called? It's, oh, it's really old. It turned out it was from 2005. So that's, that's not old. <laughs> to me, it's not. But they, have a, they have a way of doing that too sometimes. So, yeah, I got brought up on um, on a, a good mix. Um, and then I think I was about 13. Um, and I was at, at high school. And there was an older sort of group. And, you know, Dark Hoodies. One would say Corn. One would say Slipknot. Didn't really know what it was. And then I think on the one evening, I used to flick through the music channels. Just flick till I found something I liked. Stop. And go back. It's not like now where you have Spotify and whatever. You can just listen to whatever you want, whenever you want. You never used to have that luxury. And I was flicked down. MTV2. And this sort of creepy looking thing came on. And then there was just these dudes with masks. And it was unlike anything I'd ever heard. 
And that was the video for Spit It Out by Slipknot. And that was it. Hooked. Um, I went from, I suppose, dressing in tracksuit bottoms or jeans or whatever to, I think it took me about two weeks, um, a couple of Slipknot hoodies. When I bought the album, the self-titled one, which to this day, in my opinion, the self-titled Slipknot album is the best album ever made. And that's in any genre. That's my favourite ever album. There's no filler. You can put it on right at the start and it's an essence of... It's just so different. You can listen to it now. I mean, some of their newer stuff is, I suppose it got, I don't want to say it got more commercial. I suppose it did in a way, but the randomness to it, you just didn't get that at the time from anyone else for my money. And that, yeah, so quickly it was, uh, start growing the hair. Black nail varnish was sported pretty quickly. Um, and I had a, the first Slipknot hoodie I ever had. Just the Slipknot logo across the front. Behind it was a barcode. And underneath said people equal shit. And the only thing that was shit about it was. When I wore it to school. And every day was stopped. At the school gate. You can't wear that. Take it off. Um, and I think. That's sort of what I wanted to talk about music. Because I think it. The style that you sort of predominantly listen to. I think it dictates a lot. It dictates sort of your. Your sort of friend circle, um, sort of the way you dress, you know, sort of to a point the way you act. Um, so I was obviously sort of like school, say goth, so that's not a goth, but it was a gateway to me and it got me into um, a lot of different bands um, at the time. And again, it was different. You couldn't, it, the, the way that music was like now, if you got into a band, your Spotify or whatever, just chuck a load of other music at you that's similar and you can pick up on things quite quickly. Um, that couldn't happen then. So if, you, if you're younger and you're listening to this, that, that didn't happen. You got to go and do your research to find out what they were, find out what the bands were from Crang TV or I think that was even before Scuzz. You had P-Rock, which was over here in the UK at least, sort of, I think a lot of, underground sort of unsigned or signed to small label bands um that was good um and i'd been to sort of small gigs before um and i started going to sort of local gigs different bands and i can remember there's, there's a venue where we live in worcester called the mars bar and i can't remember the name of the band but i went to watch a band there and I was just like, wow. One day I want to, I want to, I want to, I'm going to play here. I'm going to do this. And that was it. That was, I always wanted to play there because I just had this memory of watching this band and sort of people are really into it and whatever. Um, we'll sort of cover it more later, but I did get, I did play the Mars Bar a few times in the end. I think going back to it, I got into, I suppose it's a varied mix. I think to me, Slipknot don't really fall into a genre. You, you start sort of rock and metal, 
then it divided off into so many different subgenres. Like some people say Slipknot and New Metal. I don't agree with that. To me, New Metal. If we played a game and you chucked a genre at me and I had to name the first band that came into my head for that genre, if you said New Metal, I'd probably probably say Spine Shank. Um, you should really like Spine Shank. Um, there's an argument that you could put Limp Biscuit in there. To me, that's sort of more like rap metal. Again, Limp Biscuit, amazing Limp Biscuit. Um, I saw those at download a few, oh god, a few years ago. The set that I saw Limp Biscuit play, I'd wanted to watch him for years and had never seen him. And that's probably the second best uh, live show I've ever seen. That that was that was amazing. The energy and I think with Fred Durst, he kind of can stand there and not do much and he's just a badass it's just so cool and he can do it because he's red durst you know he's got that he can't to me carries that kind of a a persona um yeah so the other bands i sort of got into or the genres there's too many especially with metal um so i always just sort of lump it all into one which is music that i think i either think is good or it's crap and if I like it, then it's it's good and it suits me. Bands that I used to be into that were sort of heavyish, I suppose. Um, I was more into Slipknot than Corn. Did quite like Corn. Pantera. American Head Charge. <clears throat> they were really good. Just like them. Oh man, put myself on the spot here. I'm trying to think of stuff that I was more into when I was younger. Um, Mudvayne, I used to really like Mudvayne. Then uh, I suppose at the same time, I'm trying to sort of not chop it all together too much. But that was like the era that I sort of grew up with. Limp Biscuit. I was never really the one genre that I do accept as separate is thrash. And the one band I was never really into that much was Metallica. Again, if you said to me, which favourite thrash band, I'd say Annihilator. And I know there's probably going to be people listening to this who are like, yeah, no, I'm not having that. It's just music's all down to opinion. And to me, I really like Annihilator. I think Jeff Waters is a massively underrated guitar player. And I like a lot of the melodic stuff that's sort of thrown into the Annihilator stuff. Um, so, yeah, I really like them. And I suppose at the time I got into the heavier and heavier stuff, then sort of, I suppose, came Cradle of Filth. Um, I was really into those for a, a good while. And I suppose with that, then you, you just see, you sort of keep pushing and you find stuff which is heavier and heavier and heavier and see how some people, I guess, have like a switch off. Like, okay, I found this. This is this is too much for me. I never really found that. Um sort of slayer came yep great like them then i started getting into uh things like i suppose an obvious one would be cannibal corpse suffocation really like that later on further down the line i got into some stuff uh necrophagist uh really like those yeah, I suppose the heavier 
the better sometimes. And I don't think there's doesn't doesn't seem to be. I like stuff. I mean, I went to Bloodstock Festival a few years ago, and I saw loads of bands that I really liked. Could I reel many of them off? No. Uh, Gargroth, watch them. They're really good. And then I think I, I got to a point where all the newer stuff that was coming out, or the newer stuff that was that was new to me, I guess, it sort of leveled out, and I thought, right, okay need to find more and it wasn't coming out or I wasn't discovering it as quick so then I started going back and looking at older stuff then I got sort of went back into the older stuff and found some you know what I suppose to some people isn't classic rock but to me that's what I, what I call it so like your Iron Maidens, Judas Priest, Motorhead all that sort of era of stuff uh, ACDC it all sort of to me, all that sort of goes in. Um, King Diamond, so that's Merciful Fate, uh, got really into that. Really, there's certain things. I think I found out about King Diamond, actually, when the the record label Roadrunner did their um, Roadrunner United album. Which, to me, you can't... It's not an artist's album, but as a concept, I thought it was really good. If you don't know what that was, Roadrunner was the metal label for signing metal bands. And they decided to celebrate, I'm not sure if it was 25 years, I can't remember the anniversary of the label, but what they were going to do is they'd get members of bands, sort of jumble them up, and that's what they did. So they did an album, and on one track you might have you know, a singer from one band, a guitarist from another, and they'd sort of mix them up. And I actually don't think on that album there's one bad song for my money. Um, King Diamond did um, did vocals on a song called In The Fire. And I was like, jeez, man, this is wicked. And again, then I found out about... Um, What's it called? There's a song there called Annihilation by the Hands of God. That then introduced me to who Glenn Benton was. Found out about Deicide. Again, great. It wasn't all heavy. You had um, Michelle Graves, who was formerly the Misfits singer, did a song on there called I Don't Want to Be a Superhero, um, which is more punky, quite Misfits. Who, by the way, as we touch upon the Misfits, quite a controversial opinion, I guess. But to me, the Graves era of the Misfits, yeah, famous monsters and stuff, is for me the best Misfits era. I know there's a lot of people who purists who say, no, 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 Danzig. To me, it's good. I like it, but it's, I don't know, there was something about that famous monsters album. Something about it, again, you could just stick it on and just press play. You know, it's, you know there's nothing like I think, oh, I'm going to skip this. And it had a different... Graves gave it a different energy to the Misfits. So that was good. Oh, this is this could be long. This podcast could be long, man. Oh, I'm reminiscing. The more I think about it, the more bands I come into. Like I said, I haven't, I haven't got a list. I haven't wrote anything down. I just wanted to sort of go on and see. But I suppose at the same time that I got into all that, you know, the Slipknot and that sort of era, was when sort of Eminem had launched. 
and I really got into Eminem, which was, I suppose, a bit of an odd mixture, really. But I think I wasn't alone. I think of that era, people who are sort of my age now, early to mid-30s, probably there's a lot of people that did that. And music goes with, sort of gets lumped together with film and video games, as people often try and attribute disasters and tragedies to it are, you know, this person committed this crime because of they they listen to this or they watch that or they play this. I can safely say I listen to a lot of sort of very I suppose you know, some of the heavier music's got quite dark lyrics. Eminem was a really happy go lucky type guy, you know. Always uh always telling you good stuff and I've never shot anybody or mutilated anybody or done anything like that. So to me, that is a horseshit argument. Um, it's just pinning something on some on it, it's pointing to a reason. And I don't buy that at all. I've listened to so much stuff that could be classed as oh, it's a bad influence, and I've never done anything atrocious. So if you're somebody who advocates for that, that's horseshit as far as I'm concerned. So I suppose back to it. I said I got into older stuff. Then I went for a, a big phase of really listening to a lot of the old punk stuff. Um, Cockney Rejects, Ramones, Misfits, The Pistols. And I remember my dad having sort of a big compilation CD that we might have bought him for Father's Day or something. And it was the world's greatest punk anthems or something. It was three discs. Three CDs, that was back in the day when you had to actually buy a disc, put it in a player, and then you, you listen to it that way. And again, we could listen, we could just stick that thing in. We could, wherever we were going, didn't matter, because we wouldn't skip anything. It was all good. You know, you had Sham 69, X-Ray Specs. They were, it was such a mix. And I, I just loved it. And I just think, oh, you know, and as I've got older, the one band that I never, I suppose, got into was Motley Crue. And it was never really for any particular reason. Then um, my best friend actually was really into him. And he lent me the book, The Dirt, way before it was on Netflix as a movie. And I started listening to him. I was like, oh, damn, this is, this is really good. Then I sort of went back through sort of that. I suppose era started getting into more of the Guns N' Roses stuff, Motley Crue. As a side shoot for Motley Crue, I got into Six AM, um, who to this day I think are absolutely great. I it, it's funny, like I think I, was, I suppose I've just got an open mind to it. And like I said, if I like it, I like it. If I don't, I don't. Um, there is some, I suppose, modern stuff, newish stuff that I don't mind. There's a lot of stuff that I find crap at the moment that comes on. But that's the odd stuff. It's it's just designed to be catchy and stick in your head. That's all it's for, really. But the one guy I've recently found, and I don't know how long he's been going, is a rapper from America called Tom McDonald. He does a lot of political stuff. Um, to me, the guy is... He just speaks absolute sense. Um, bit of an odd image, but I can get past that for the, for the sake of the music. Um, 
I haven't listened to loads and loads of it because it's quite a new discovery to me. But so far, everything I've listened to is like he's opened my mind. And if I didn't have such a sort of common as muck British accent and I had any kind of ability to actually put words together and rap properly, he's pretty much what I think I'd come out with. He speaks a lot of sense and I, I, I just gravitate towards it, I suppose. So I, I wanted to do a list of albums and I thought that's going to take me forever. I'll be tweaking it and playing with it. Then I thought, do I do a list of favourite bands again? I'll be there forever tweaking and playing with it. And I thought, I want to get this podcast out from 40. So I thought, no, let's just go in top of the head. Now, recently, a couple of weeks at work, I've been listening to some, again, it, I, I'm going to call it oldies. Some people listen to this and go, that's, well, I don't remember that being old. I was 16 when that came out, however. But I've been listening to, um, having said that about you know, suffocation and cannibal corpse and stuff like that, I've been listening to a lot of, um, The Mamas and the Poppers, uh, Dire Straits. And like I said, if ever someone nicked my phone and raided my Spotify, they just think, geez, man, who's this? This is this is a bonkers mix of music. Sort of, I call it indie, I suppose. I um, quite like that sort of stuff. Like uh, Editors, Reverend and the Makers, The Automatic, that sort of stuff. There's nothing really, there's not much... That I can, someone could put on, and I go, oh man, this this is, this is garbage. Like the sort of the mumble rappers, like a lot of the newer rappers, don't do a lot for me to be honest. At all, um, I think. Well, even sometimes if I don't like the music, if I could appreciate the talent, then I could appreciate it. So like uh, singers like Sia, I think she's got a great voice not my I wouldn't you know if CDs were still a thing I wouldn't rush out and buy it but I could put up with it um, Billie Eilish is a weird one at the moment I can't get my head around that someone who just sort of talks in a whispery fashion I'll give it a, I'll give it another try but it, it's, it's not my not really my bag man so let's try and list, I don't know, what should we do? Should we, guys, should we go over, try and go over top five all-time favourite bands first? Or artists, I should say. Top five, one's easy, because that's Slipknot. Um, and if we go with their sort of other well, releases, top three, I would say self-titled's the best album. Uh, followed by Iowa. Uh, then I'm going to go All I Hope Is Gone. I think my least favourite Sipna album, and I say that with a pinch of salt because I still I, I like it, but if I had to rank them, my least favourite would probably be Subliminal Verses. Um just because that's what I'm going to put and that's what I'm going to say um, second favourite band 
Oh, this is harder than I thought. I'm going to put a little biscuit in there, I think, just for how good at the time chocolate starfish and hot dog flavoured water was. Um, you got yeah, you got significant other and stuff like that, but I think chocolate starfish is such a such a wicked album. I'm really struggling here because I'm picking trying to pick stuff that I listen to the most. I'll tell you what would be a surprise entry. Steel Panther. I'm gonna put them in there. Because as much as it's a joke or a parody, and if you haven't listened to Steel Panther, they're a good marker for whether you're sort of a moron or not. If you can listen to Steel Panther and find it funny, you're not a moron. If you can listen to Steel Panther and think, oh, God, I'm, I'm really offended, then you need to have a look at yourself. So if you don't know who they are, they're a parody band that sort of came out as... Um, Glam. So they're sort of a glam band and the story goes they were going to be the biggest thing in the world then they all disappeared on a drug binge and they sort of came back and you know it's just funny but it's funny as well as the singer's wicked um, the guitarist Satchel's absolutely a fantastic guitar player Sticks a drummer, and then you got Lexi, the bass player. Michael's a singer. Um, they're all shit hot at what they do, and it, it's just a laugh. And I think they're absolutely wicked. So they're going to go in there. I think. God, I'm struggling. I'm really struggling. I think the. I might even abandon this list because it's too difficult. Yeah, I'm going to abandon it. Mm, another one. I, uh, no, I'll put one more in. What, what's that? I've done top three. Um, another one I'll put is T-Rex. Um, I used to go every year with mum and dad to watch T-Rex to see the tribute band to T-Rex because I think, I'm not sure what year Mark Boland died, but it might have been before I was even born. Um, but we used to go watch them and it was it, they weren't watching T-Rex, so it was good enough for me. But yeah, I like so much of their music. I think it'd be wrong if I didn't put them in there. And I'm going to loosely say it, but I might change my mind. I think for sheer volume of music that's good, I think Iron Maiden might make it. So I'm going to listen back to this and go, oh, no, why didn't I put so-and-so abandoned? I think gigs is easier, so we're going to go with that. Favourite gigs I've ever seen? The first one... It's relatively easy. It would be the first time I ever saw Slipknot. It's the first time I'd been to a, like a big gig. I think the sense of occasion as well. It was on the tour where they just released Iowa. Um, and the support bands were One Minute Silence, Down the Sun, American Head Charge, and Slipknot. So again stellar lineup as well as obviously seeing my favorite band ever for the first time that was wicked um i can't remember what year it was you know i want to say 2003 i could be wrong still got the ticket stub somewhere 
that that was that was wicked. That was my favourite ever gig. Um, it was in the NEC in Birmingham, obviously in the UK. And I've never came out of a gig with that feeling that I had then, ever. That was just wicked. Second favourite gig, or set, I should say, it's not really a gig, would be Limp Bizkit, a download, when I saw them. I can't remember what year it was. I was too drunk. I think my third favourite would probably be the first time I ever saw Gua, or Gore, depending on how you want to say it. Again, funny as hell. Um, that, I think the first time I saw him was at Bloodstock, I think. 20, maybe 2013, somewhere around there. That was, that was wicked. That was really good. Fourth favourite. Probably Iron Maiden when I saw them at Download. So it's either fourth, it's either going to be Iron Maiden or Ramstein. I'm going to put them at joint fourth, which I know is naughty because it's meant to be a top five, but I'm going to put them in there. And then just for a bit of variety, because really I should put those fourth and fifth, but just to squeeze a bit of variety in, I'm going to throw a curveball in here and say Justin Timberlake, because regardless of what you think and whether you're giggling at me, he was amazing live as a performance, as a show, the lot. He was really, really good. Um, I've got tickets for Justin Timberlake. I'll add in my defence. My mum bought me and my sister and her tickets the one year. She said, well, I hope you want to go. And I was like, yeah, I'll go. And he was really good. I'm not gonna I need to defend nothing, really. If someone was good, I'll say they were good. The man was good. There's been a few few gigs that I think might, may have been up there that I never got to see. Um, there was Ozzy Osbourne. I can't remember what year it was. And him was supposed to be supporting. Now, him, again, I've missed them out of the whole conversation so far. Had a really big phase of liking him. Um, they were the support band and obviously Ozzy. And he inconveniently fell off a quad bike and got hurt, so that got cancelled. So I never got to see that. That could have been a good one. Who else did I not get to see? My sister bought me and her tickets for when Michael Jackson was going to do the big tour. We had, like, you know, really good tickets and backstage passes and stuff. She bought me for, I think it was my 21st, which is probably one of the best presents I've ever had. And, yeah, he selfishly died, so I didn't get to go and see that. That, I think, that would have been certainly top three, I imagine. I think that would have been wicked. Couldn't beat a bit of Jacko. Uh, who else have I uh, had tickets for and not ended up going ahead? I can't remember. There's, there's some bands, weird, weirdly, there's some bands that I've liked for a long time. I've never got to see um, Judas Priest being one of them never ever seen Judas Priest live which sort of pains me and quick shout out in there with Judas Priest 
if I got a chance to go and see them, but Rob wasn't there and it was Ripper Owens fronting them, I wouldn't be massively disappointed because Ripper Owens, just on vocals, has got to have one of the best voices in rock music. If you don't know who Ripper Owens is, go, go on YouTube and watch him do Diamonds and Rust. It's phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Who else have I not seen? There's a few bands. Killswitch and Gage I've never seen live. And that, that sort of irks me a bit. Because I really, really like Killswitch and Gage. There's a little debate with Killswitch and Gage. Are you a Jesse Leach guy or are you a Howard Jones guy? To me, I got into him before Howard Jones was the singer. So to me, Jesse is the singer of Killswitch. I think the Howard era was great. I think if you could have them both on stage at the same time, Howard just do all the clean vocals, Jesse do all the screaming, that's the perfect match. Um, that's why I was quite glad they brought out Signal Fire with both of them on the same track because that that was that's a, that's wicked. Um, I'm trying to think. Is there anyone else that I should have? There's no one else I think I was meant to go and see. I've seen most bands I think I'd like to see. I got to watch Motorhead um, before Lemmy died, so that was good. They're fucking loud. They were a damn loud band. But the most, I think gig-wise, I'm trying to think of the most random person. I think my gran took me to see Alvin Stardust once. If I can get quicker I can get that out of my head the better never seen anyone it was near Christmas time as well and to watch this sort of washed up guy every time he smiled it was like one of the 70s shows where you get the ting off the teeth and he came out in a red red cat suit and did like a 40 minute version of Jingle Bells and I know other kamikaze pilots felt whilst I was watching that that weren't the best but we should move on I think with newer stuff, I've tried to, I don't want to sound like that old man. I've tried to get into, I say newer music. Now, new to me is anything where I stopped being up to date with it till now. So I call it new. It's probably not new. I can remember, I found out about a band called Suicide Silence. I found out a song called You Only Live Once. I thought, okay, this is good. Asked my cousin about it, who's a lot younger than me, but into the same music. She was like, oh, don't get into them now. The singer died. I was like, oh, I've timed that well. That's gone well. But I like them. Um, don't mind bits of uh, Asking Alexandria. I like a little bit of them. There's loads of bands that I could go into, because I'm sort of out of the scene now. I suppose some of them may not even be still going. A uh, job for a cowboy, got them. They were good. But I think it's important that music's one of the best expressive arts there is. And just try, I think everyone should try and be open minded and try and listen to it. If someone sticks on a Paul Potts album or, you know, something like that, I, can, I could try and give it a bash. I don't mind it. I could appreciate what it is, you know, a bit of opera. But I would say I, I am a metalhead. There's no two ways about it. 
I've probably missed off loads of bands that I could talk about that I liked. Um, really like Five Finger Death Punch when they first came out. When they did Wear the Fist, I thought this is good. That went downhill quite quickly and they sort of turned into a glorified cover band. Meh. Meh. I think... Murder Dolls. A lot of Wednesday 13 solo stuff. It's sort of horror, punky. That's really good. But I think everyone should try and broaden their spectrum of music. Listen to some stuff that you wouldn't normally listen to. Try and go outside the box because you'll find stuff that you really like. Um, I've... I said I listened to a lot of older stuff recently. I've been listening to sort of the Supremes and stuff like that. And you could argue, well, that's because you're, you're getting older. No, I don't think so. I mean, I can sit at the bath some nights and I think, oh, I just need to sit and chill out. And I might put on, you know, The Shadows or <sighs> Eric Clapton or something like that. But equally, I can sit in the bath, you know, sort of relax. Imagine the scene, or probably don't, not if you're eating anyway, and have suffocation blast in the background. It, It's an odd one. And I think as a metalhead, the worst thing anyone can ever say is, <clears throat> I'll try to do my impression, really. This is my educated impression of someone. How can you understand what they're saying? All they do is scream. That's my, okay, that's my, my, my impression. And then they say, what you should listen to is stuff like this. And then there's basically some drum and bass. So we're going, and I think, oh, yeah, you're right. I should listen to music which I can understand just like that. I digress. I don't mind some drum and bass. I don't mind the drum and bass. I quite like the music. Just the, the Muppet over the top, I can't stand. Clarify that. It's not rapping. I don't really know what it is. It's not rapping. It's just sort of... Well, I don't know. But that always puts me off. I think if you edit him out, if you could do like the karaoke version of this, that'd be great. You know, bit bit hey-ho. But I think this year... I think we're in danger of not having festivals and stuff again because of the wonderful coronavirus. But as soon as music's back up and open, and you can, go and see bands, whether it's local bands or big bands. You know, we used to go and support music. You're not just, everyone says, oh, yeah, but they're already multimillionaires. You're not, forget, almost forget the artist. You know, the road crew, the lighting engineers, the sound engineers, the roadies, the people that work in the the venues, even to a degree, the people that own the venues. The, I think that the industry, if you look at it as a bigger picture, is going to be absolutely on its ass by the time this is all finished. And I think it's really going to need a good pick-me-up and a good injection. I did say a touch, up, touch upon... Always wanted to be in a band. Um, never really gave it the. I had a bass guitar for when I was probably about fourteen, I think. 
my first ever base for Christmas. It was dark purple and it was stag. Had a little uh, Laney hardcore amp. It was about 25 watts or something silly, some little thing. And I always liked the idea of being a band and playing music, but I never really bothered to learn how to play it. And then I started having lessons. And I think the trouble is with having lessons is I'd be listed to, I don't know, say something like Corn, for instance. That's a, probably a really good example. And obviously you've got Fielders, sort of slap work. Then I'd have this guy come around who was probably about 70. And he's got these books with notes and he's trying to teach me what craft, you know, quavers are. And to me, a quavers are crisp. And I weren't interested in learning the theory side of it, which I probably should have done because I, I know a couple of people that play bass very well. And I think if I dissected how they learn, they probably do know all the music theory side of things. And that was it. And then I sort of didn't bother with it for ages. Um, we had to go in school. Me, my best mate Ben, a good friend from school, Dan, we entered a school battle of the bands and we were fucking awful, man. We were really bad. Really, really bad. And it's funny because we got the band that won it. Ben was sort of had the hot for the singer at the time. And we were having a band to go, no, I don't want the fair that you beat us and this, that and the other. But the fact was, they had new, they had people in their band. They had a drummer, a guitarist, and a singer, and a bass player that could all play, and I'd have a bit of tone. And we didn't have really any of that. <laughs> Dan was a fantastic keyboard player, so we stuck him on the drums. Obviously, I just came out on stage wearing a mask. Don't know why I wanted to wear a mask, but I did. Obviously, I do know why. Um. I was just screaming and jumping about, really. Fast forward a few years. A good few years. Um, me and Ben started off um, a band. Just went down went down to a local music um, sort of practice room one day. He took his guitar and I said, oh, I reckon I could play the drums. <laughs> just like that. And we went down and started messing around and things sort of clicked together and oh okay, this is this isn't too bad. And eleven eleven was born, which was my band. That I was very, very proud of, and it's something that I'm really glad I did. Um, because I've got some wicked memories of doing it. So we started off as me as the drummer and doing backing vocals, and Ben playing guitar and doing the main vocals. And it sort of grew. We we did gig as a two-piece for a while. The only trouble is, I think at the time, we both liked the idea of doing it. But we sort of knew that neither of us were... I mean, we could play. We could play, but I don't think if he was sat next to me now, he'd agree. You wouldn't call either of us, you know, insanely gifted musicians. We can play. Then we got a bass player, a guy called Rob. He was with us for a little bit. Then we recruit, recruit, recruited a guitarist called Josh. Um, and it, you know, it felt like, oh, this is 
things are starting to happen here. And yeah, the songwriting changed a little bit and the music became a little bit more technical because we had people who could actually play instruments. And then it, the wheels fell off. Josh left. Rob left. And I said, we can't go back to being a two-piece. So we put out, put out the call and through Josh, found a guitarist called Chris, who was, say was, it is a phenomenal guitar player. And then we were like, oh, we just need a bassist. And he was a shame. And then Chris said, oh, it's a shame that we don't need a drummer because I've got this guy I know, a friend of mine, he's a good drummer. And I was like, bring him down. He's like, you're playing drums, but bring him down. So bass was my first instrument. And then we sort of, that was a lineup change. I went from behind the drums. I used to be quite animated behind the drums. A lot of people used to watch us and say, it's like Animal from the Muppets. I was like, yeah, more of a Muppet than the Animal. But that then gave me the freedom to be running around on the stage, and jumping off stage. And whilst Chris was doing guitar solos, I could run off into the audience and you know, do things like that. Funny story, actually, about that once. We, 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 we played... I can't remember where it was. We played somewhere big, it was a big, big outdoor, and the stage was two sort of lorries, like the backs of the lorries of the trailers. I was looking at it. Ben said to me, like in between songs, he said, "Don't you can't get down there." Well, I did, and I went walking off. Went walkies, looked back, really into it, you know, and he's shaking his head, which it looked pretty cool. Till I found out that when I went back, I couldn't get back up on the stage, so I had to unplug, walk round. <laughs> That's always a funny story to tell. That was that was good, maybe in a prat. And we enjoyed it, enjoyed it, and then obviously, got three children, wife, working full time, got some other hobbies. It it just got to a stage where it was too much, and I felt like the band was in a good place, and. That was that was the end for me. The guys aren't doing it anymore. Would it ever happen again? I'd never say never for like a reunion show or something. It'd be good fun. But it was good. You could uh, if you want to have a look, you can type it into YouTube. If you type in eleven eleven, you'll get all sorts. But you type in eleven eleven rock star or eleven eleven crazy train. Um, we were an originals band, I should say. We just used to do the odd covers sometimes. Chuck them in a set. It was good fun. And like I said, I got to play the Mars Bar, which was always one of those things. It was like a mental tick done. And, you know, we, we played some pretty good shows. We got we got conned out of a battle of the bands once, which was interesting. But we won't go too much into that. I spoke to the venue owner since... And just, just let bygones be bygones. Can't be asked with the arguments. Too laid back. And then more laid back and I'd be a I'd be falling asleep. That's what everyone always says. So yeah, I suppose I've gone the long way round about it. But whatever is your bag is your bag. Enjoy it. And realise that it, you know, make sure. I remember I was, I was really proud actually playing. I was playing Cradle of Filth. When Reagan would have been a, like sort of between one and two, and 
She was walking in the kitchen. I had created the filth when I was cooking a roast beef dinner. If you're listening anywhere other than the UK, if you're in the US, that's how all Brits cook the roast dinner. I think a lot of people see, people from outside the UK, or England particularly, see the English thanks to the marvels of Hollywood as, tally-ho there, would you like a crumpet? Watch me drink this tea with my pinky stuck out. It's not the case. All of us are listening to Cradle of Filth or stuff like that whilst, yeah, doing a roast beef. That's how we roll. I'll leave it there because I could ramble on forever about music. As I've been talking about that, there's bands and bands and bands been popping to my head. Let us know what you're into. Um, it'd be interesting to see people's mixes. Hit us up on Facebook. Give us your three, not favourite artists or bands, but most varied. So let's do a triangle and we'll see how bizarre they are. We'll take it from there. And I'll speak to you in the week, guys. Thanks very much for listening, and I'll catch you soon.